Hey friends, Coach Shelby and Coach Christine welcoming you in and letting you know it's time for Brunch Quick Bites Edition, where you can grab your miles with a side of smiles, take them on the run midday, in the afternoon, or maybe a late night snack attack. Well, here at Brunch, it's pretty clear we love running, period. No holds barred. However, we don't always love running with our period. So that being said, for any of our non-menstruating runners, you may want to circle back to some of our other episodes because this is going to be pretty estrogen heavy. I think that's safe to say. What do you think, Coach Christine? I would say as well, but I can't quit laughing or giggling or smiling because it's so it's so funny in regards to all of the things that we're going to be bringing up. So folks, we, we're pretty sure you probably already saw from the title. But it is something that we need to discuss as female runners, as the sport, the face of the sport has changed from continually. We see actually the balance has shifted to where there's more female runners than ever before. We are the majority of the population of runners and we continue to embrace and break all sorts of records from the 5K all the way into ultras. There's no doubt, though, that as female runners, we have a few other extra things to contend with. And we know that it's important to bring that to the forefront. So I think we're both incredibly excited. I guess as excited as you can be about periods. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, I don't think, I don't think anybody <laughs> loves to talk about it because quite frankly, they're a pain to deal with, but it's a fact of life. Many of us have to deal with it or have dealt with it at some point. So starting off with the elf in the room, this is not going to be overly graphic. We're going to keep it to the facts. We're not doing this for the shock value. This is going to be pure information. And again, kind of like when we're at brunch, this is the talk that all of us gals have a, have a tendency to need a little help with. So this is going to be a four-part series leading up to our workshop, which we are really excited for again. And we're going to get right into it and start off this episode with our best practices for when you are on your period. And then throughout this series, we're going to be talking about different products, going to have a healthy debate of one versus another, going to have tampons and pads, period underwear, free bleeding, and menstrual cups and discs. All the bits, all the baubles, and I mean, period. That's it. That's what we're doing. We're just going to let it flow. Okay, yes, there's going to be some really bad period jokes. We're also going to touch a little bit towards uh, towards this episode specifically and in the workshop all about the postpartum, perimenopause, and menopause aspect of our lives when maybe periods aren't at the forefront of our discussions, but there's a whole host of other conversations around it as well. So again, it's basically we're leaning in to um, the women who are trying to just figure out how to deal best with all of these different changes and how to make sure that it doesn't affect their performance or how to lean into really lending themselves to maybe adding in rest days or whatever the case may be. So let's go right into it. Best practices for running while on your period. I know that this is somewhat something that a lot of us struggle with, which is that if we're not physically feeling great, you're a bit fatigued. There's just a lot of other aspects of it to actually force ourselves to get up and get in movement can be really, really difficult. And I think we need to go ahead and give that little quick disclaimer here, coach, that we're not necessarily talking about PCOS, endometriosis. There's a host of other things that may impact the menstrual cycle and the hormone balance. So we're really, really well aware of that. But the studies do show that movement can actually help decrease a bit of the discomfort that we may be experiencing during our periods. 
Yeah, and like you had said, it's going to be different for everybody. We know our bodies better than anyone else. We know what days are usually harder, which days are quote-unquote easier. So being able to kind of gauge that. I happen to love doing some light yoga when I'm on my period because some months are harder than others. Let's be honest. Sometimes I'm more crampy than others. So the yoga tends to stretch me out and get that movement in, in more of a controlled setting because I don't have to leave my house. I don't have to go out in the heat. There's a lot of extra elements that aren't in play. So I can just move and stretch and kind of take a little bit of movement, release some of that cramping, and then I can go right back to my heating pad. <laughs> and I think that we have to give a shout out to one of our favorite yogis, which I think she's probably a favorite yogi of a lot of folks. Yoga with Adrienne. She has an episode specifically for yoga for cramps and PMS. So we'll make sure to drop that on in and give her a shout out. But we have also been opening our horizons because we want to make sure that we give out resources for other yogis or other health professionals that kind of run the gamut. So um, we'll also drop in another episode from Nourished Natasha, who is one of my favorites. She's a body positive yogi and absolutely has some great resources as well. And I speak for myself as well. A majority of female runners, I think once we get our female cycle, we get our period, we sit there and it's like a hard stop. It basically, our life pauses, period. Because we don't feel up to it. We are PMSing, we're crampy, we're irritable, all the things. And like you said, the last thing we want to do is get up and go. But there has been a lot of research. And again, this is generally towards our period. If you have different conditions, obviously it's going to differ. But they actually say five to seven days before your menstruation, you're most affected affected by the cycle i happen to actually do my best running the day before my period and i can almost have it like clockwork when i have a really great run and i'm like god what's happening like i feel so great i feel sprightly smack in my face the next day i'm bleeding and it's comical because it is so strategic. It's like my body is like, hey, we're going to make you feel really good about yourself before we literally punch yourself in the gut. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. And that is fascinating. And again, goes back to how everybody's so literally everybody is so unique. So, yes, generally, I do follow a pretty well. I'm just going to throw that out there that I'm definitely perimenopausal at this point in my life, which is something that we'll be discussing as well. But I used to be like clockwork, a cycle, and I knew exactly when I was ovulating and I felt at my absolute best during ovulation. And then shortly after that, when all the other hormones started to dip, I would start to have a little bit more of that fatigue that that we see traditionally may happen if you want to use that or what's been studied the most. And it wasn't until my period started that I would start to feel much better again. Um, But I've done all of my best lifting and all of my best racing during my period weeks. So I think that's interesting. I know that a lot of folks tend to shy away or a lot of women tend to shy away from their exercising during that week. But I have personally found that it definitely benefits me to do so. I think it's a big mental block because you do kind of feel a little more of like a poop sandwich on your period just because you're bloated, you're cramping and everything. And I think for female runners, especially we get our period and it just, we almost close the door, lock away the key. Like, all right, this whole week I'm just done. But there have been 
many elite runners, because you know I love my elites, that have done amazing things while on their period um, in 2020. I'm like, I'm having a mental block because we're in 2023. But in 2002, Paula Radcliffe broke the world record in Chicago after suffering cramps in the last third of the race. And then um, there was a runner, and I hope I'm pronouncing the name right, Utu Pepig, um, won the Boston Marathon in 1996 and crossed the finish line with blood coming down her leg. Now, you don't have to be that hardcore, but it just goes to show that while, yes, it is discomfort, it doesn't mean that you can't do amazing things. And I've heard from a lot of athletes. They get to their goal race, they get to their goal day, their goal runs, and they have their period. And the sadness in their voice and just how they feel so downtrodden it almost is like as soon as that happens, everything just goes out the window and it doesn't need to be that way. Yeah, actually, from a hormonal cycle standpoint, that specific time frame of when we actually do start our period, so a day one of the menstrual cycle, is when we most hormonally resemble our male counterpart athletes. So having um, that dip of a progesterone and estrogen and a rise in our testosterone allows us to actually feel, a, well, I shouldn't say feel, but allows us to perform a little stronger despite all of the other things that are going on. It's kind of unfortunately ironic that also when we are able to perform our best, we kind of feel our crappiest. But <laughs> any female will probably tell you that we, <laughs> we're well aware that that's usually the way the cookie crumbles for us. Um, but friends, we're also going to include some resources that we are uh, very big proponents of here. Dr. Stacey Sims is one of my absolute favorites. Her book, Roar, um, is just incredible. Also, next level for us ladies that are going to perimenopause or postmenopause aspect of our lives. So all about how you can really tap into that cycle and really use it to benefit you. But I think coach, you pretty much said it out of the gate. So while we cannot necessarily 100% eliminate certain things that make us feel a little bit more of, as you would say, a poop sandwich during that time of the month, there are certain things that we can continue to do. And one of the things that has been pointed out is to really figure out how to balance our sodium intake our caffeine intake, our sugar and our alcohol. And we know that those cravings, those pre-period cravings, they're they're hardcore, they're real. Your body's letting you know that it's there's a, something coming up, a change is coming up that it's starting to try to rebalance by hitting you with those cravings. So it's important to see how you can best honor your body by still though being very mindful of what you're taking in at the same time. So I think I told you that for me, I without a shadow of a doubt, I'm going to crave salty things. And I know that if I do overindulge in salty things before my period, I'm also going to have a lot more cramps. And again, going back to the cycle is that our our sodium blood level kind of drops a little bit, which is why we probably trigger that sodium craving. So trying to balance it out so that you still honor that craving, having something that allows you to satisfy it feel a little bit better without overindulging in and it's really, really important to do. Not always, it's always, it probably is one of those things that's easier said than done though. I was about to say, as I have like my third cup of coffee for the day, I'm like, maybe I should go ahead and just put that to the side. But it it, it is hard because again, we're feeling that little bit of extra sluggishness. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that sugar, the sugar for me is a big one. Um, 
I've been told, though, for my personal, I need to especially up my iron um, during that period week. So eating those iron-rich foods, uh, beans, spinach, uh, you can have anti-inflammatory foods like turmeric. Love me some turmeric. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's in a whole foods option or a supplement option, obviously always go with what your doctor advises. But those little tips and tricks, and this is where I will say, I am horrible at tracking my own cycle. Since I am no longer a child-bearing person, I tend to get a little lax. I don't have to pay attention to it as much. But there is something to be said about still keeping an eye on your cycle and your regularity for specifically these reasons to kind of know and hedge your bets. And I'll make myself accountable. I'm going to start doing it more because it literally is like a roulette wheel. It's like, hey, I don't have to worry about getting pregnant, so I'm just going to let it fly into the wind. Yeah, this is where a training journal really is really wonderful to use. And I noticed that Garmin Connect made an update a, quite a while ago at this point where it tracks your menstrual cycle. And this is the reason why is because it really does impact your athletic performance, um, which also impacts us holistically, our wellness, our mental health being, again, just being forthcoming. I, without a doubt, know when I'm about to start because my hormonal cycle gets a little weird and I start to get a bit more anxious. I may not be sleeping as well. There's a lot of science that states that we generally need less sleep leading up to our period. So it's trying to also, instead of fighting your body and fighting where you're at, it's really leaning into it. So I know that I'll have a little bit more energy right before my period starts. Maybe that's a time to tackle a few projects that aren't necessarily um, super brainiac because I am a little still foggier during that time. And then leaning into more of that resting when I have a bit more of that energy level dip. So where tracking really does come into play is just, it kind of takes that out of the, like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I all of a sudden anxious about whether or not the car has gas in it? Or did I balance my checkbook in 2002 when Paula set this world record? It kind of thing and be like, oh, it's because I'm going to start in a few days. And it kind of helps to to mitigate that. So you're not feeling quite uh, so out of sorts. And while we're talking about the fact that you can set these great PRs and all of the wonderful things the elites did on your period, we are also human to where that might not be your reality. It just may just not be in the cards for you to do those hard workouts, even though the science says that, hey, it can happen. Sometimes you're just not into it, and that is okay. We urge Mm -hmm. you to still stay active and still move, still do your running. We don't want that to be a hard stop, but this is also a great time to be kind to yourself and be flexible with your workout days. Maybe you did have a really hard tempo run, and you just are not able to physically or mentally put yourself into that. I know I've had athletes talk to me and say, hey, coach, you know, I know we had this plan. TMI, which there's never TMI with me. I am totally fine talking about all different everythings, but can we can we figure out a different way to move that? The answer is yes. Again, mm-hmm. we do this for ourselves. There is no reason to put poop sandwich on top of poop sandwich. You can move your days and be flexible. Well, speaking of poop sandwich, unfortunately, we also do need to discuss that. That while we are also aware that it may cause some tummy distress, so taking that into consideration of 
foods that may impact or maybe cause a little bit more of that tummy distress during that time of the month is something to be very mindful of and taking into account that maybe those longer runs may need to have some built-in stops along the way. So again, we're going to talk a little bit about the pros and cons of different menstrual products or feminine hygiene products, whatever you want to call it as you continue rolling through here. And it'll be really, I think, intriguing to see some of what we've utilized because again, you know that I, there's for a while there, there wasn't a race that I wouldn't sign up for. So it it was inevitable that I would have to run or race while on my period and kind of figuring out how to deal with that. It adds a different layer, a little bit different component of what you need to set out or lay out for yourself during training or for those races and runs. And really it is a lot of trial and error that, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't necessarily want to quote unquote waste a run on trying out something new just to be disappointed or have chafing or be uncomfortable. Um, So we took that out for you and I did it instead. (laughs) (laughs) I decided to test my runs literally with some of these products. And I will say there is one product while it might not be everybody's cup of tea is a game changer for me. And I know we're going to talk about that more, but this is one product that I probably will add to my repertoire. I am super excited about that. I think it's also exciting to talk about the fact that some of these products, it's quite possible for some runners that you may utilize all of these products, all of these variations, depending on where you're at in your cycle. You may have a heavier day or you may have a different type of activity planned for folks that are maybe doing triathlon training or anything like that. So it's quite um, important to know that these products can kind of vary according to your flow, according to what your comfort level is, and of course, your actual physical activity. So we'll be talking quite a bit about that. And I guess I'm not allowed to say I'm excited about it, but you know what I am? I'm going to say this. I'm excited that we're kind of, that we're opening up this conversation. It's a conversation that women have, and there is no reason why we should feel like we cannot have this discussion, that we should feel embarrassed or shame or discomfort and kind of just peeling this back a little bit and being honest and forthcoming that it does make things a little different for us. And there really is no reason to not bring it to the light and to discuss it so that we can actually perform our best and feel our best and just lean into it. And really, again, that is our whole premise of this is this should be like going to brunch with your friends. These are the conversations that people have over mimosas and pancakes and quiches. <laughs> this is real talk. These are things that, while we love the fun side of running, it's not without its logistical nightmares as well for any activity, not just running. So why not talk about it? And again, this might not be everybody's cup of tea. People might not want to talk about it, and that's okay. We have plenty of other episodes that you can go and you can enjoy. There is no judgment here at brunch. We just want to make sure that we're talking about all the things and specifically for female runners that we've had to kind of keep at arm's length for so long. And hey, everybody does it. Well, not everybody, but (laughs) mostly everybody. So let's let's take that shame away. Well, at least half the population has. 
for a, probably a majority of their life. Let's put it that way. So um, with that said, friends, we welcome you to reach out to us. Maybe you want to give us some of your thoughts about this. What are some of the products that you enjoy? Are you some best practices that you employ into your everyday life? Because we're happy to share them as we continue to roll through this series. And again, we welcome you to join us for the Hormonal Cycle for Female Runners workshop on July 19th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and seats are $99. First come, first served basis. It's going to be all about embracing your cycle for female runners. But again, it's going to be more in depth than this series overview because we're going to be talking from the menstrual cycle all the way through um, pre, postpartum, perimenopause and menopause and how it affects your running performance throughout it all. So again, reach out to us if you have any questions at info at time for brunch. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so much for allowing us to open up this conversation. It is important for us to be able to really just honor a discussion that means quite a bit to us. And like coach Shelby has said that we have about, we have whether in-person brunch or it's just because we're texting each other like, (laughs) I'm dealing with this. (laughs) So give yourself a high five make sure you rehydrate and refuel. Don't forget to come back for long brunch. We have a lot of fun in store because we're going to keep pushing these out into the world. We'd love it if you would subscribe right time for brunch on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to us and keep sharing hashtag TF brunch. Maybe share this with one of your French gal pals if she's been talking to you about some of the period issues that she has coming up. So we're going to see you again when it's time for brunch where we're going to keep serving up more miles with a side of smiles.